What's up, guys? I'm Cassie. I'm Sarah. And welcome back to our podcast, All Things Spooky, Baby. And this week's episode, we're talking about the serial killer Pedro Lopez. Pedro Lopez was born on October 8th, 1948 in Colombia. His father was killed in an arms conflict while his mother was at home pregnant with him. Pedro, who was reportedly the seventh child among 13 siblings, was polite as a boy and wanted to be a teacher according to his mother. But Pedro later said his mother was physically abusive and a sex worker who also was assaulted by clients. Some reports have claimed that he was kicked out of the house by his mother after fondling his younger sister, while other accounts say he ran away. He traveled to Bogota, the capital city of Colombia, where he became one of the homeless children. He eventually joined a gang and smoked an impure form of cocaine. While on the streets, a stranger approached Pedro and offered him a bed, but instead took him to an abandoned building and sexually assaulted him. When he was 10 years old, Pedro said that an elderly American couple found him on the streets and gave him a home, enrolling him at a school for orphans. But while there, he was molested by a teacher when he was 12 and ran away once again. Pedro would eventually speak of wanting vengeance for his suffering as a child. Having grown up on the streets, he was arrested at 21 years old for stealing a car. Two days into his sentence, he was brutally gang raped by three other inmates, an event that deeply traumatized him. Following this, he made a shiv for himself and hunted down his rapists, killing all of them. The killings gave him the grudging respect of other inmates who never dared to disturb him again and were considered acts of self-defense by the local Colombian Justice Department. Because of this, only two years were added to his previous Basically, like every other serial killer starting like thing, his childhood was shit. Yeah, literally. His dad died before he was born. His mom was abusive and a sex worker. Yeah, and then she kicked him out. Because he was fondling yeah. his younger sister. Well, in the 1950s, like young kids are curious, which not an excuse, but I'm just saying like... I think it was only once... And I think yeah. it was just because he's seen his mother get, like, you know, uh, busy, yeah. I'm pretty but sure. But again, like, if he's this young little kid and he just, like, doesn't really know what's happening mm-hmm. and he's just curious, like, it's not an excuse for it because it's still wrong. But I think yeah. that's tends to be why this happens a lot. Mm-hmm. If it were, like, a reoccurring thing after the mother spoke to him, then I'd be like, okay. Yeah. If it happened more weird. than once, definitely, like, I yeah. can understand. But I'm just like... I, I get it. It's still wrong, but... Yeah. But, I mean, this poor kid, he gets kicked out of his house. I mean, we don't really know exactly how old he is. But then he smokes cocaine and then gets sexually assaulted. Maybe not on the same day. But he joins a gang, smokes cocaine. Like, it's just starting to spiral already. Yeah. Upon his release from prison, it is then believed that he started to seek out young girls, usually of indigenous background and limited economic means. He made his way to Peru, where he would lure his victims to remote areas, committing rape and murder later reporting that he murdered dozens during the mid to late 1970s. He was caught by a Peruvian community when he attempted to kidnap a nine-year-old with the group submitting him to tribal law and attempting to bury him alive. A Western missionary convinced tribe members to turn Pedro over to the Peruvian police, who promptly deported him to Colombia without truly considering the crimes inflicted upon natives and the danger posed to society. Pedro continued the murders and by the late 70s had made his way to Ecuador, where scores of girls began 
began to go missing as well. Families tried to find the girls on their own, with one mother putting ads in newspapers about her missing daughter. In the Umbato region in 1980, vendor Carlina Ramon and a group of her peers caught him in Ecuador when he attempted to lure Ramon's daughter from a busy market. Once he was in police custody, he initially refused to cooperate with authorities until investigator Pastor Cordova Guidino went undercover as a fellow inmate. Gaining Pedro's trust, Guidino was able to get a confession from him as well as details about sites where the victims were buried. Police ultimately unearthed 57 bodies. Coupled with his confessions, Pedro was charged with 110 murders. He claimed to have been responsible for around 200 more deaths in the neighboring countries of Peru and Colombia. On July 31, 1981, 33-year-old Pedro pleaded guilty to the murders of 57 girls and was imprisoned in Ambato, where he was officially diagnosed as a sociopath. Because of Ecuador's laws, he only received a maximum sentence of 16 years, much to the public's enormous outrage. On August 31, 1994, Pedro was released from Garcia Moreno prison after serving 14 years, having been released two years early for good behavior. He was deported back to Colombia, where authorities there attempted to convict him of a two-decade-old murder. But instead, Pedro was declared insane and in 1995 institutionalized in a psychiatric facility. In February 1998, he was declared sane and released under $50 bail with additional stipulations. He visited his elderly mother who said that he asked for his inheritance and then upon being informed of her poverty sold her sole bed and chair to people on the street. He then vanished with concerns having risen about his possible connection to a 2002 murder. His whereabouts are unknown. He made his way to Peru where he mm -hmm. would basically do what he was doing in Colombia. He was murdering and raping young girls. Yeah. Um, and he apparently murdered Dozens of them. Dozens. Yeah. That is terrifying. So while he was in prison, well, sort of while he was being convicted and stuff, um, they got out of him that he killed 57 people, but they think that he killed way more yeah, than Yeah, because I guess his confessions were kind of leading them to, towards saying he yeah. killed like 110 people. Or what? like around 200. So, because he traveled from... Mm -hmm. Colombia to Peru and then to Ecuador. Yeah, so so they're thinking it was maybe around the 200s But who knows it could have been way more than killing somebody 200 200 times And that. he wasn't really caught and imprisoned very long. No like, 17 years. That's it for killing like 200 people. That's or women and children and they eventually declared him insane and blah 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 and then, again, in 1998, he was declared sane and then released. Under a $50 bail! Then he basically went to his mom. And he's like, give me my money that I that's am mine. owed. And she's like, I don't have any. I'm poor. I don't have anything. He so sold he, her bed and chair. chair. That's so sad. She was like in a, like a old Like a nursing home, home yeah. yeah. And then he just disappeared. So I like that we get to talk about different countries and serial killers today because I think a lot of the times most of our serial killers that we talk about are, are in from, from the U.S. Because yeah. things are so different, like, mm -hmm. you know, throughout different countries. Like, again, like the bail was 50 bucks. It would have been different yeah, in the U.S. Yeah, it's crazy, like, like, what 
Back jail sentencing then. would have probably been different in the U.S. compared to mm -hmm. Peru and Ecuador and yeah. Colombia. So that ends this week's episode of Who is Pedro, Pedro Lopez? Lopez? We hope that you guys enjoyed this video. And if you did, make sure you go check out our other videos on our podcast because we talk about all things spooky, baby. We will see you guys next week. Peace.